Good morning, New Hope Church. Happy Thursday, and also happy first day of July. Man, it is already July. June has come and gone. Before you know it, the kids are going to be back at school. Um, New Hope Students is going to be at camp. New Hope Kids is going to be at camp. Uh, this year is passing by. It's wild. Um, but anyways, um, I want to welcome you to today's edition to T&T Devotionals. Uh, if you didn't know, we do these devotionals on both Tuesday and Thursday, hence the name T&T. Um, and if you didn't know, um, my name is Will Ballard. I have the honor and the privilege of serving here at New Hope Church, Friendswood Campus, uh, as one of our student pastors. Um, and it is a privilege, and I am humbled to be here with you this morning as we continue our study through the parables. Um, parables are short stories that Jesus spoke during his ministry here on earth, or we could define them or categorize them as um, earthly stories with a heavenly meaning, stories that Jesus used to relate to his audience um, here on earth, um, but he conveyed a meaning that was given um, from heaven, um, from God. And, and so today we're going to be continuing that study through those parables. Uh, but first, I want to take a moment to talk about one thing, and then we'll continue on with our study. And that one thing is volunteering. Uh, here's the deal. We need you to volunteer with us if you aren't already. Um, we couldn't do church uh, without our awesome volunteers who set aside time to serve here at New Hope Church. Uh, here's the deal. We need some more volunteers. Here's why. In August, we're expecting a lot of people to come back to us as we do our big relaunch of the church and we do the movie series and more awesome things during the weekend and we need more volunteers to help make church happen especially then especially as we welcome people back who haven't been to church in a little while especially as we welcome people who may are stepping through the door of a physical church for the first time. Maybe they found us online during the whole COVID um, pandemic, and, 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 and maybe now they're getting ready to come back to a physical location um, in August. And so we need more volunteers who are willing to help us make church happen so we can welcome those people back to church. And so if, if, if you want to serve with us, there's two routes you can go. The first one is you can go to newhopechurch.tv slash volunteer, and there you can sign up to volunteer with us, or you can text the word volunteer to the number 642123. Singing it again, you can go to newhopechurch.tv slash volunteer, or you can text the word volunteer to 642-123. We would love to have you serve with us over the weekend um, as we get ready to relaunch our church. And that being said, let's dive into our parable for today. 
And if you have your Bible, um, you can open it up to Matthew chapter 20. Um, this is where we're going to hang out and, and, and be in today. And it's where you'll find um, our parable for today. And if you could, put it in the chat for those who may have missed it or may tune in later. Matthew chapter 20. Thanks so much, guys. And so for today, um, I'll be reading from the NIV version of the Bible. However, you are welcome to read from whichever version of the Bible you are accustomed to reading. It doesn't matter that much, but I'll be reading from NIV um, for today's study. All right, here we go. Let's dive into Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 1. It says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Let's stop right there. So Jesus, in this first line here, sets up his audience for the continuation of a thought which he had already already been expressing, um, but he was about to... um, deliver in an earthly story this thought that he'd already been expressing about a heavenly meaning that he's been talking about and and conveying, or we could say he's about to deliver his thought in the form of a parable. But look at a couple things here um, real quick. The the audience is introduced um, to the first character of the story, the landowner. And the landowner does what? He goes out early, probably around 6 a.m. We aren't really sure, but the typical work day was from sunrise to sunset. So most likely he went out a little bit before sunrise during that time uh, to find workers to start at sunrise in his vineyard. Um, and he went out to, to, to find some people that he could hire to go work in his vineyard. And he most likely went to a place in town where it was common to, fi- to find day labor. Um, and it's, it's there that he found some workers who would work for him that day. In which he promises them that he would pay them one denarius. Which can also be understood as one day wages. It was the price you'd pay somebody uh, to work for you for a full day. Which was... Typically, um, a job that lasted anywhere between 10 hours and 12 hours. Um, So usually from 6 a.m. or so to 6 p.m., so sunrise to sunset. And so he hires them, and, and, and they agree to work for him for, for, for one denarius. And, and they, they, they go into the field, and then we continue on in verse 3, where it says this, About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. And so the landowner, he goes out again a second time and hires a second group of workers uh, maybe the, the previous guys were a little slow, maybe they're a little lazy, maybe they just weren't getting the job done, <laughs> I don't know, um, but doesn't really 
matter because Jesus's point is something very, very um, arbitrary to to that. But the landowner needed more workers in Jesus's parable in his story here. He needed more workers to get the job done, and so he goes back to the marketplace three hours later. And hires more workers, the second group of workers, the 9 a.m. people. Uh, But look what he tells these people. Look what he he explains to them. He says, hey, I want you to work for me and work in my vineyard. And then he doesn't say that he'll pay him a denarius or a day's wages. He says, I will pay you whatever is right. I'll pay you whatever is due for the work that you do and essentially what we can understand from that is that the landowner is about to is going to pay the 9 a.m. or the second group of workers um, he's going to pay them a fraction of a denarius or a day's labor he's going to pay them the fraction of of labor that is due to them so if 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 the first group of workers was 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 paid a hundred and twenty dollars well then this group of workers is going to be paid a hundred and ninety dollars because you would take essentially ten dollars off for every hour or so putting it in our context or our time um, so he would take a fraction of a day's labor worth of pay um, and he would probably take off the three hours that they wouldn't, wouldn't work because work started at 6 a.m. at sunrise. Um, and these people are starting at 9 a.m., 9 in the morning. And so he would most likely, he, um, typically, whatever is right would be the fraction of the job, the job that they are doing, that they aren't working a full day. They're only working three hours less than a full day. And this is important. Very, very, very important. So be aware of it as we continue on in our reading, starting in verse 5 now. Um, It says this, He went out again, talking about the landowner. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. So he hires hires two more groups of workers. He hires a noon um, group of worker. And he hires a 3 p.m. group of workers. And he did the same thing, meaning that he went out to them. He said, go work in my vineyard. And and, and he said, I'll pay you whatever is right. The exact same thing that he would have said to the the 9 a.m. guys. Um, And so he, he does the same thing two more times. And it's interesting. In verse 6, it says this, about 5 in the afternoon... So remember, the average work day is from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So 5 o'clock in the afternoon would mean that these guys would only work for one single hour. About 5 in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Verse 7, it says, because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. And so he sends them out for only one hour. For only, for only one hour left in the workday, the, the landowner goes out and he hires these people who have been standing in the marketplace, standing in the place where people would be hired for labor. Um, he, he goes out and he hires them 
for the one final hour left in the day, which doesn't make any sense because you can't really get that much work done, especially in a vineyard where it's pretty difficult work and, and all that. You can't get that much work done in just a single hour. It doesn't make much sense, but trust me, it'll all make sense in a moment. And so recapping here, so far, we have five sets of groups. We have the first group that was hired at 6 a.m. We have the second group that was hired at 9 a.m., to work for about nine hours. The first group was supposed to work for about 12 hours, and the second group was supposed to work for about nine hours. The third group, which was hired around 12 p.m., was supposed to work for about six hours. Um, and then the fourth group, which was hired around 3 p.m., was supposed to work for about three hours. And then the fifth and final group, which was hired at 5 p.m., was supposed to work for one hour because that's about how much sunlight they had left. If the sun set and was too dark to work at 6 p.m., they would work for only about one hour. Um, and so now, remember what we talked about earlier, how pay works back then and even now in our society, that you get paid for what you worked. And so therefore, the 12-hour workers should be paid a full day's wage. Why? Because they were hired to work a full day. The nine-hour workers should get paid a fraction of the full day's workers that corresponds with how much they worked, and so on, and so on, and so on, all the way down to the people who worked one single hour who should get paid almost next to nothing, but they'll get a little bit, a very small fraction of the, the full day's workers' uh, pay. Maybe if the full day's workers, talking in our language, were paid $100, these guys may be paid $10. Um, just kind of breaking it down to where we can kind of understand it. But there's always a twist when it comes to Jesus' stories. Um, there's always... A catch. There's always a moment in the story where it flips and it turns, and Jesus does some word jujitsu and and all that. Um, and let's look at verse eight, where we kind of see that start to happen. It says this: When when evening came, the owner of the vineyard or the the land owner uh, said to his foreman, so basically a guy who kind of oversees all the workers. He said to him. Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. Notice the order here, and um, if you have your Bible or a journal or something like that, make a star or something like that, because the order in which he just said to pay them is very important. That the orders, the, the workers are supposed to be paid from the last one hired to the first one. And so make a mental note or make a physical note um, about that. And then verse 9, it says this. The workers who were hired about 5 in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. Now hold on here. A denarius is one day's work of wage. One day's work. 
full 12 hours, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., a full day's work of wage for only working one single hour. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty nice. That's an extremely generous gift of the, the landowner. And I'm sure that the 5 p.m. or the fifth group of workers um, were pretty excited and pretty glad and thankful about this, 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 this generosity that was shown by the landowner. But let's see the others' responses because, remember, they're paid from the last ones hired to the first ones. And so the fifth group of workers, the 5 p.m. guys, the people who only worked for one single hour, were just paid a full day's worth of wages. And so everybody's around them. Everybody's watching. Everybody's, everybody's standing there still. They haven't taken their pay and gone. Uh, remember the, the order in which we said? I said to make a note of that because, because everybody's still there. The one-hour workers were just paid a full day's wages. And let's see everybody's response starting in verse 10. It says, it says this, So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. So the people who were hired at 6 a.m., the first group of people, the people who worked for about 10 to 12 hours, they expected to receive more. Why? Because... They just saw the one-hour workers, the fifth group of workers, get paid a full day's wage. And it says this, But each, of, each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked for only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. And it's interesting the way Jesus says what he says. He doesn't give the workers, give account of the workers who worked nine or six or three hours, the second, third, or fourth um, group of, of workers. He doesn't give account. Rather, he only gives account of the fifth or the one-hour worker and the 12-hour workers, the people who worked all day long, the first group of workers that was hired. And the people who put in most work and the people who put in the least amount of work, he gives only account of these two groups of people. And we see the 12-hour the workers' response in, in, in verse 11. They grumbled. They complained. They said, hey, you just gave the people who only worked for one hour, you just gave them the same as you're giving us. And they were jealous. They were jealous that other workers only had to work for one hour and were paid the exact same as those who worked all day long, but still received the same amount as those who worked for just one hour. They were jealous. 
They were upset. They grumbled. They complained. They said that that's not fair. Why are you being generous to them and not generous to us? Shouldn't we get the exact same thing? Shouldn't we all be the same? Shouldn't we also get a little generous gift along with the people who only worked for one hour? Um, why do they get special, uh, the special gift and we get nothing? And so they were jealous. Let me stop here for a second. Because it's easy to look at this story because we, we have it right here and we can read it and we know who Jesus is and we know why he's saying these things, which we're going to get to in a second. It's easy to, to read this story and, and say, wow, how ungrateful, how rude, how disrespectful. But I think on some level, we can resonate with the 12-hour workers just a little bit, or maybe a lot. I think on some level, we understand the jealousy and the grumbling of the first set of workers, because I think Jesus is getting at a very real and very honest condition of the human race. Just how loveless and unmerciful we basically are because of the downfall of sin, the stain of sin in our lives. And the reality is, is we might mindfully think more under the law what is, what is equal and fair in our thinking and less under grace than we realize. That we become jealous when somebody receives something good. We become envious of a coworker who just began a couple months ago and we've been working the same job for the past 10 years and it's them who gets the promotion. We become a little snarky when, when somebody receives success and something that you've been working at for a really long time. We become jealous when the perfect couple on Hallmark isn't our self. We become jealous when somebody marries the love of their life and, and, and our love of our life is the tub of ice cream sitting next to us. We become jealous when, when others are given things that we are not. So to say that we don't resonate with the first set of workers is to completely ignore our humanity. But take notice here, the landowner's response in verse 13 and 15. But he answered one of them, notice it says one of them, being directly personal with them individually. I am not being unfair to you, friend, uses the word friend to convey compassion and love and mercy, that it's not a harsh rebuke, but it's a soft, subtle one out of love. He says, didn't you agree to work for one denarius, one day's worth of wages, which they did at the beginning of our story? And then in 14, it says, take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I give you. Don't I have the right to do what I want 
with my own money? Or are you being envious because I am generous? The landowner gets to the root of the issue that the first workers were being jealous of the workers who were only paid, who were paid for a full day's wages, but only worked for one single hour. Jesus in his parable highlights both the justice and the grace of God, and neither of which is for us to take for granted. That when God chooses to reward or to punish, it is not for humanity. It's not for us to grumble or complain or become jealous or envious because God does so in a way that is just to the person and to all those in this world. That God, being the just God that he is, does all things in a right and honoring and, and perfect way. That God's gifts... One, or not something that we deserve. Like we should never, if you remember last Thursday, we talked about that we are not God. Um, you remember back in the Gospel of Luke, in one of Jesus' parables, he was talking about the order of things, the master and the servant, that we are not God. And so we can't expect, we can't expect to, to, to receive the gifts that God has given us freely because we deserve it, because in all reality, we don't deserve it. But they are gifts that are freely given at God's discretion and God's grace and his love. He loves to give gifts to his children. And the issue with the, the first workers, it wasn't that they were treated unjustly because they were, they were paid. They were paid the wage that they were promised. And that was culturally acceptable. So it wasn't anything that was unjust or anything like that. Rather, the issue with the first workers is that they felt entitled to the same generosity that the landowner showed the fifth workers. And in this story, we can resonate God with the landowner. We can resonate us with the workers. And the wages are, is the grace that God freely gives. Grace to which we are undeserving. Grace to which we could never earn. Grace to which we should always be grateful. Grace to which should cause joy and not jealousy. That the grace of God should, should, should inspire us to be joyful, not full of jealousy. And, 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 and here's where, where I'll land with this. Are you joyful when others are, receive grace from God or are you jealous? Are you joyful for the goodness of God and all that he is and all that he ever will be? Or are you jealous that the same thing didn't happen to you? Are you joyful when a friend of yours um, who was going down the wrong path for a little while hits a, hits a bump in the road and finds Jesus, finds God and the grace and the love and the mercy and the goodness that all that God has to offer turns their life around and is now serving in their church and worshiping God and doing awesome things for God? Are you jealous or are you joyful for them? 
Are you jealous because they're, 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 they're volunteering more than you? Are you jealous because they're, they're, they're on, on fire for God more than you? Because that's what it looks like in, in your mind. Are you jealous about that? Are you joyful that God saved someone who was lost? Are you joyful when the undeserving sinner shows grace and love, is shown grace, love, and mercy from God? Because here's the reality that was you and me at one time. That if we are born into sin, we are born into the stain and the corruption and the brokenness that sin has to offer. We were the undeserving sinner who Jesus went to the cross for, who Jesus died for. And in the glory and power of him being God resurrected for, that we are just undeserving sinners who God has shown grace and love and mercy to. And how can we be jealous of a gift that is not ours to give? How can we be jealous of grace that is not ours to command? How can we be jealous of something that is not ours to lord over? And here I'll ask the question, are you jealous that it wasn't you? Or are you joyful that God is showing grace to an undeserving sinner, love to someone who may really need it, compassion to somebody who hasn't felt compassion in a little while, salvation to somebody who is heading down a sinful road. Are you joyful in the grace that God gives to all of his people? Are you jealous or envious in that God has shown grace to somebody and you're still waiting around in a tough time in your life. You see, God is calling us to stop comparing ourselves to others and start resting in his glory and his goodness, all of which produces joy, not jealousy. I want to invite you to pray with me. Jesus, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for the gift that you so freely give to us in salvation that we, we, we get to inherit eternal life in the future with you and we get to experience the kingdom of God here and now in our present lives. God, I pray that we would be a people that would be joyful in you, joyful in your grace, joyful in your goodness, not jealous. That we would shout for joy when someone who was lost is now found, but we would not be jealous because they received grace or they received something that was from the goodness of who you are and we did not. God, I pray that we would be a church that celebrates, that in, in encourages one another, that lavishes love on one another, not jealous thinking that you are unjust, but joyful knowing that you are a just God who does everything to the goodness of those who serve you. So God, we're thankful for you. We love you and we praise you for who you are. It's in your holy heavenly name we pray. Amen.
Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. We can't wait to see you tonight at service and on Sunday as we continue our series, Bible BFFs. We'll see you then.